Welcome back to another episode of the Scores Table. We're back, Hall of Fame period, episode three. Joined as always by Julian McKay. What is good, everybody? The boys are back in town. We had a little bit of a hiatus. Will had school. I had school slash work, but more work than school. Now I've got two different versions of work and still a little bit of school left as I knock out this last class. I've got four classes, four like actual like assignments left, and I'm out of here. Whew, man, it's, it, feel, it feels good to be back talking some basketball with my man right now. Yeah, this is, uh, is going to be a fun episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like you said, we were off for a little bit. I had to had to wrap up school, get all that done. We're good. Mm-hmm. We're graduated. Next up, we got we got a Hall of Fame period pyramid to talk about. Honestly, like you know, our first two episodes. Thank you guys so much for the, you know, what I'm saying the reactions, letting us know what you thought, the you know for listening and all that stuff. Shouts to the scores hive, and you know, what I'm saying we had to. We had to, you know, make you guys wait for it, work for it. We had to play a little hard to get, as you have to do sometimes for this, <laughs> for this, for this third edition. But hey, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, so this is gonna be a fun episode because in this episode we're gonna be talking about our last tier, tier number six, in our Hall of Fame pyramid. So that's players forty-one to fifty. Who we kind of discussed last time. But we're gonna go way more in depth into that. We're also going to be talking about some of the honorable mention guys, the guys that just barely missed our cut. And then finally, we're going to be talking about which current guys in the NBA who have played under 10 years, because remember, 10 years was our cutoff. So which guys who have played under 10 years have the best chance of making this pyramid in the future? So let's jump right into it. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so Will, I think, you, I think we each gave our tier six at the end of last yeah. episode, but I don't really think that we... We went into. Let's just pretend we didn't go in depth on anybody. Let's just let's just start from scratch for the most part yeah. on tier six. Yeah, let's let, let's go over our tier six again to give a little and, refresher. Um, and to and, and to and to you know I'm saying if you're if you're a first time listener to um we we gotta we got we gotta loop you in to the scores high right here. So um so for each of these tiers we're going with our first and last person of the tier. However, we're not ranking the players. We mentioned in between, and this is and this is a different Hall of Fame. This isn't any pity Hall of Fame. We don't let you in just because you had. I'm saying Mitch a nice, Richmond is uh, not in this Hall of Fame. Dwight Howard is not in this Hall of Fame. That's that's I, you know I don't have to like Spencer Haywood is not okay. in this Hall of Fame. Shouts to Spencer Haywood by the way, the man who was hired, uh, almost hired a hitman to kill his coach. What a legend. Anyway, <laughs> tier six. Will let's hear let's hear your list. Yeah. So. My tier six, the very top person of tier six I have is Steve Nash. Interesting. That was the, the, the first guy of my tier five, as we remember. Yep. And then the very bottom of my tier six is Russell Westbrook. Ooh, Santé. In between those guys, again, not in an order, just whose elf is in the tier. So like I said, Steve Nash, Bob McAdoo, Nate Archibald, James Harden, Pete Maravich, Clyde Drexler, Paul Pierce, Ray Allen, Kevin McHale, Russell Westbrook. Okay, so for my tier, um, and just just to preface this, I am leaving my very final spot open. We're gonna have I want I want Will and I to, to have a, a small debate about, and this will go perfectly into into the honorable mention sec- segment of this, um, about who's the most deserving of my one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight candidates for the final spot on my list. So for tier six, starting off, my man, 
Gary Payton. My man, okay. the love. Great choice. Um, so I'm, I'm excited actually, to talk about him in a minute. Um, sure. He's actually become underrated in history, for sure. Absolutely. The greatest defensive guard. I love Dennis Johnson. Dennis Johnson was incredible, but the greatest really defensive guard of all time. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that's... We, hey, we're giving... This is... See, see when we have... The, so when this Hall of Fame is going to be built, Avery Bradley is the centerpiece of the plaza. He's a, oh, It's called the Avery, Avery Bradley, Bradley Plaza. Square. Oh, like, yeah, it's, yeah, we got we got we got a whole you know a nice water fountain. You know what I'm saying? We've got some nice restaurants in the middle. We've got some great jerk chicken for you. Some some maybe some Pakistani food, some Dominican food. Hey, it's gonna be lit. The scores table Hall of Fame is gonna be fucking there, lit. There's gonna be a plaque and it's gonna say Avery Bradley career accomplishments made <laughs> made made All NBA defense first team, made All NBA defense second team, averaged 16 points a game in the playoffs one year, hit a playoff buzzer beater. What else does a player need to accomplish? <laughs> See, he was he he started a backcourt with Isaiah Thomas. That's a small saying. backcourt. It's a cool fucking backcourt. Yeah, it it Bradley's like six one, right? Six two, I believe. But yeah, and and what's funny is they're both from the same town too. Seriously, both the from Cobra Seattle, Washington. right? Damn. Yep. Well, Seattle is actually underrated as a basketball destination. You got Jamal Crawford, uh, Zach Levine, Markel. Um, anyway, so, yeah, so, uh, well, Gary Payton's actually, he's from Oakland, actually, but is obviously, he yeah, he's from Oakland. Yeah, oh, he, he and Jason Kidd, uh, grew up playing together. Really? Okay. Mm-hmm. I so, uh, Seattle, my bad. Yeah, so, uh, so Gary Payton is leading off my tier. Between him and the final spot, we've got George Gervin, the Iceman, Clyde mm. Fraser, Bob McAdoo, Kevin McHale, and, and earlier we we had to I, I did a, I Will and I gave each other one move that we could we could we could do one move yep. to switch. So yep. my man David Thompson, aka the Rock Him of basketball, he is in there. <laughs> Kevin McHale, Dave Cowens, Ray Allen, Wes Unseld, the outlet passing legend. You have Wes Unseld in tier six? Man, I had him in tier four. Wait. I actually have him in tier five. I just forgot to delete his name from tier six because I moved him up. Okay. That's better. That's better. I give you a pass. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, Reggie Miller. So, I'm sorry, did you say Nate Archibald? No, I didn't. I didn't. So, that, that's a name I'm curious about. Why, why no Nate Archibald? Because I'd rather have any of these guys on my list than Nate Archibald. Well, obviously. Nate Archibald was really good, but what did I, I? I didn't hear a lot of great stories about Nate Archibald as a teammate, as far as him having the ball a lot of the time. Like you had to, like he was he was a, a point guard in the truest sense of like the word. Like he he wanted the ball the entire time, and I I, I think looking at career achievement wise, I mean you know a, a, a legendary New York point guard. Don't get it twisted, but you know even even though he won a chip, only six All Stars. Um, I, I and, and though he was actually the NBA scoring champion and assist leader in the same year, which is only player to ever do that, which is a hell of an accomplishment. I I just I just don't have he's my honorable mentions, but he's okay. not in my tier six. Okay, yeah, I just had him in there. I mean, he led the league in scoring and assists in the same season. Only player to ever do that. He won a championship, made All Star teams, won an All Star game MVP. Uh, and not, and again, not that that really matters, but still cool. 
Um, was he the best player on a championship team? Who else was on the Cincinnati? That was uh. Well, that that's that's when he was on the Celtics. Oh, okay. I thought he did that when he was on with uh with Oscar Robertson. No, he won. He won on the Celtics, but he was their starting point guard. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, what did he average that year? He averaged fourteen and fourteen and eight. And that's fair because I mean Gary Payton didn't uh wasn't the best player on a title team, but. My man, Gary Payton, I'm so excited to talk about him once again. I think I talked about him a little bit last podcast. Yeah, let's talk about Gary Payton. Gary Payton, what a legend. What an absolute legend. A trash talker who, even if you watch the big three, I, I don't watch the big three. I want to watch the big three, but it's just like half-court basketball at the end of the day. It's just like kind of boring, but um, yeah. boring to me. But you know who's not boring? Gary Payton, a legendary trash talker. And in, and in a decade where, you know, he did have real competition at the point guard spot. Like, people forget. I think we talked about him a little bit on one of our earlier podcasts. Kevin Johnson was damn good back in the day. He could ball. Really he good. Was, he, he was really, really good. good. Gary Payton sunned him. Gary Payton's son, John Stockton, who's a tier above him. Like, he, like, talk about someone who rose to the occasion against the greatest competition of his time. And, and you know, the, the Sonics team... In, in 96, that, you know, was in the finals against Jordan, that was a really good team. Like, and, and here's sure. the thing. I'm actually going to criticize the last last dance real quick because we thought about having, like, an opening segment about the last dance, like final takeaways and stuff like that. But I'm happy to talk about it right now because you know what Michael Jordan did? He created, he he created a 10-part documentary about himself and pretended it was about the last season. Yes. But you know what? <laughs> he disrespected Gary Payton. He had the balls to disrespect. That documentary disrespected straight up Gary Payton and the Sonics. One thing that really stuck out to me and really annoyed me about Jordan in that documentary is he couldn't bear to give credit to anybody who gave him a challenge. Gary Payton was an, was an awesome defender who did a great job against Michael Jordan for not one, but two games, which no, I think were three, three games. That were not, guess what? George Carl, for some reason, to start off the NBA Finals was like, my best defensive player who happens to be a guard. I'm not going to put him on Michael Jordan. Like, what? So, in, in what the three games. What crazy thing is that? In the three games that Gary Payton guarded Michael Jordan, mm-hmm. Michael Jordan scored, his first game was 6-19 shooting. Then mm-hmm. he shot 11-22. That was a good game, but still only 26 points. Mm-hmm. Uh well, that's what he had. He had one assist and four rebounds that game. So really, wasn't great. And they and they obviously lost by eleven. Mm-hmm. And then in the last game, Jordan shot five and 19, 22 points. They won the game. But I mean, that game, Scottie Pippen had a lot of points. Mm-hmm. So really, really, Gary Payton did outplay him a lot uh, mm-hmm. in those in those few games. And, and Michael Jordan literally said in the documentary, he literally said, "Oh, you know, I was just tired. You know, I, I forget what he said exactly, but he was making excuses, bruh, Michael Jordan." You don't have to make excuses that you weren't incredible every single game. You don't have to make excuses that, guess what, the greatest defensive guard of all time, like, gave you some trouble. That's not, like, you're not losing yeah. your manhood. People aren't going to think less of you as a player. Like, it's stupid. No, the one, the one that irritated me is when we, when we had to pretend, like, oh, the only reason why, why the Bulls lost to Orlando that series is because Jordan was, was tired or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. First of all, Jordan still played 44 minutes a game that series. Mm-hmm. He still shot about 45% that series. He mm-hmm. scored. He, these are his point totals in that series. 19, 38, 40, 26, 39, 24. 
can we just can we just acknowledge? Hey, the Bulls lost. Mm-hmm. Like, why does there have to be an excuse attached? The Magic were just a better team in that one year, that one magical year they had. I mean, obviously they they eventually petered out in the finals after like a after a rough game one. Was that the Nick Anderson game? Game one of the uh, finals against Houston. Yep. Yeah. So they, they, that in, was a in, good team. And the Magic petered out, but that's a damn good team. Still looking at that starting five, Penny, who was really good. People need to watch some old ass Penny footage. Like he was really good he before was his just body just got robbed from him. Um, yeah. So it, it was Penny, Nick Anderson, who was very good before he got kind of traumatized by the free throws. Yep. Dennis Scott, who could have been really good now, actually. For sure. Before Horace, his time guy. Mm-hmm. Horace Grant, damn yep. good. And fucking Shaq, like that's an awesome starting five. That's a really good starting five. Like I'm sorry, MJ, it's not it's not a blow to your manhood that you didn't win the title every single year. I mean, yeah. it's, it's 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 ridiculous to me. And you know what? I'll actually talk about. Well, I'll talk about Reggie Miller in a second. We'll we'll get to him later. I'm sure. Okay. I, I know Will has his own thoughts. But you know why I love Gary Payton? I'm happy with this. I'm very proud of this analogy. He was the Joe Pesci of the NBA. One of my all-time favorite actors. Not because he's an incredible actor, even though my cousin Vinny, you know, he carries that movie. That movie's still a classic. He's look, here's the thing. In in movies, especially when Joe Pesci's in the mafia and stuff, you don't really want him as like you're not sure if you want him as the best player on your team or even completely on your team at times, because I mean he's Joe Pesci, he's batshit crazy a lot of the time in movies. Same thing with Gary Payton. I mean, he was I mean, as a leader, he was he was he was controversial. He was he was gonna get in your face. He was Gary Payton. I mean, if you watch footage of him trash talking in the Big Three, I mean, as a coach, yeah, it's it's not surprising that he he could have been difficult to play with. But you know what? You didn't want Gary Payton on the other side. You didn't want yep. Joe Pesci on the other side killing you in a ball and putting your head in a vice. You didn't want that, and you didn't want Gary Payton putting you in a lock box and drowning you in a river for the whole duration of a game. That's a fact. Yeah, I mean, I mean, look, Gary Gary Payton was a fantastic player. He'd be even better today for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, before his time, guy Sean mm-hmm. Kemp in that series, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to talk about not giving respect? Sean Kemp yes. was the best player in that finals. Awesome, awesome player. Sean Kemp awesome player in that finals. Now, look, Sean Kemp had his own issues that we don't even need to get into. Knees and um, Okay, yeah, or we can just briefly mention it like that. We don't, we don't need any. <laughs> there's no elaboration needed. That's all you need to know. No, but he was an incredible player. He, he was he was probably the best player in those finals, and somehow he has he just got totally overlooked. I don't know if that was an on purpose editing choice. He didn't agree to do interviews, something. But yeah, but Gary Payton was the leader of that team. Mm-hmm. And he was probably, I guess we could say he was the best player on a finals team. I don't know. It's tough. It was kind of feels 1A, 1B. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, great player. I personally didn't have him in my list. I had him as an okay. honorable mention. Okay. Uh, it, it, it honestly, it has less to do with Gary Payton and more to do with the guys I put ahead of him, if that makes sense. I understand that. That was my same reasoning for... For, for Tiny Archibald. And one last thing about Peyton is, I mean, one last thing about the Seattle team, Hersey Hawkins and Detlef Shrimp. That's a nice starting, that's a nice foursome. Shrimp was yeah. really good. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the only name that I would have considered putting Gary Payton over was Pete Maravich. 
Mm-hmm. The only reason why I had Pete Maravich over him is because Pete Maravich, I feel like, had a much bigger impact on basketball. I mean, he was the first, like, really good jump shooter. Mm-hmm. Like, he, like he, he, he didn't invent the jump shot, but he's the first one who really, really utilized it to be an effective weapon, and I think that counts for something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, Gary Payton, fantastic player. Another guy, a, oh, yeah. Sorry, if there's an influence Hall of Fame, like Pete Maravich, you know, and, and his highlights hold up to today, you know? For sure. One I last like thing about, really good guy. and probably the reason I put Gary Payton above those guys, nine All-Star games and he did win a title, even though he had like a few sad years where he was like, where he thought he was way better than he was with like the, the Laker, on that Lakers team yeah. with Carl Malone and the Celtics. He finally sure. successfully reinvented himself as a role player on that Heat team with Shaq and, Kobe, with, uh, with Shaq sure. and Wade. Yeah, he he's a guy who uh, who didn't age gracefully for a while, um, and then eventually he 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 did, but had a few rough years in there. One guy I want to talk about that I believe you said you had him also, uh, James Harden. Did James Harden is in my candidates for a final spot. Okay, so James Harden, I had on this list. Um. I didn't know what the hell to do with his resume mm-hmm. because he's won an MVP. He's been a top three finisher in MVP voting for like the last five years. How much, but then the problem is how much of that is because his team basically manufactures stats for him mm-hmm. and how much can you hold his playoff resume against him when his regular season slash scoring resume is so good but it's not. But then on the flip side, it's not like he was really that bad in the playoffs. Like he sh- he should have made the finals like twice with with Houston. Uh, that one year where Chris Paul got hurt, you can't even really blame that on him. He was actually good that year. Mm-hmm. He's just a really confusing player of where to put, and I really feel like he he'd be confusing until we see his entire career when he retires. See, here's the thing. We should have like when we make this whole thing, we should ha- we should have like a separate wing for players that were in the top fifty at some point, but are not anymore in our rankings. Because James Harden is a person where like if he has another year or two, I think he's without question in tier six at least for me, and another accolade or two because he, I mean, eight All Star games, like you said, MVP, and I mean. It's not- how many people can average it doesn't it's it's like I, I don't want to because here's the thing, I hate watching James Harden play. Like I hate it. I mean he just jumps into people. It's 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 watching the Rockets is something that sounds way better. It's like, oh, it's like, I don't know, you know, Rockets Clippers tonight. Oh, that's that's gonna be a fun game. And you like the Clippers part, but then it's like, oh fuck, not more foul shots. Jesus yeah. Christ. It sounds way better on paper. But one of the greatest scores of all time, he has almost a he has one of the more unstoppable like signature shots of all time. For sure. I mean, it's I, I feel For bad. Sure. I feel a little biased that I don't have him on the list, but he's someone that like I feel like maybe just another year or two would easily push him over the hump, but then that yeah. would knock someone out. So we gotta have a, a, a separate a yeah. separate tier for, for former top fifty guys that still need to be appreciated. I think James Harden, the whole like James Harden is a choker thing, is actually overblown. Mm-hmm. Um, for the most part, he's actually been decent in the playoffs, and the same reason why he doesn't have playoff success 
is the same reason why no one has had playoff success. It's because the fucking Golden State Warriors had Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's like... His, no, unfortunately, his three prime years... Or like, or his like his apex mountain kind of years right there with mm-hmm. the Rockets were the same apex mountain years as as the Warriors adding Kevin Durant, the second best player in the NBA. Like Ewing. I mean, there were, yeah, I mean there was just nothing anyone could do about that. I mean the Warriors, that that's just not fair. No, I I agree. I agree. It's it's, it's but you know, and, and it is what it is. They did almost beat them. Mm-hmm. So I actually think that in some ways you have to you have to give him a little bit of a pass. Now now has he had his bad games? Of course. And I'm not defending him in, in him and his entire playoffs. I just think for these last few years, let's let's pretend that Chris Paul doesn't get hurt. The Rockets probably win that series. They were up three games to two when uh-huh. Paul got hurt. The uh-huh. Rockets probably win that series, and then they almost definitely beat Cleveland. Easily, yeah. So so if one injury doesn't happen, we look at his entire career differently. And then if James Harden wins that championship and is a finals MVP, he's probably like a tier three or four guy. Definitely. Definitely. So that's why I have a hard time judging his playoff success because everything is such a sliding doors thing. Mm-hmm. No, I, I agree with that. It's, it's you know, as far as his bad games, I mean, his bad games have honestly been so bad that those have, you know, overshadowed yeah. a lot of the mediocrity or above averageness that he's that he's been in the playoffs, but you know, he's going to be someone when I think, I think we, every year we should revisit this list. And I think next year, James Harden will be in the top in, in, in tier six. I do believe that. I, I just think he has like, for me, he has one, like one notch more to go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Another guy we should quickly mention, Ray Allen. Uh-huh. Um, greatest, uh, or all time three point leader. Probably the third best shooter of all time. Um, I have him just behind Stephen Clay. Uh, even though obviously he holds the record, um, I'd put I'd take both of those guys above him, but that's not on Ray. It's just how it is. Um, but yeah, I mean Ray Allen probably should have been the 2008 Finals MVP. Um, he was the best player in in a series that featured Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, and Kobe Bryant. Mm-hmm. He was he was fantastic. He 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 hit probably the most clutch shot in NBA history. That corner that corner three against the Spurs when he was on Miami. That's probably the clutchest shot in NBA history. Just you have no idea how mad I was when that went in. I was so mad. Oh, for sure. So was I. I know exactly. That's one of those shots. I know exactly. It's like the Kawhi shot last year. I know exactly where I was, and I, I yep. can still see that moment in my head and what in exactly what happened. Same. I stole the bowl of cereal. I, I, I threw a basketball against a wall. <laughs> In Nicaragua, yes, this happened. I still I still remember that. That was a fantastic... But, yeah, I mean, that was probably the clutchest shot in history. And he was just, just perpetually clutch, held finals three-point records for a while. Oh, you could always count on him. One of the best, probably... The second best free throw shooter of all time, I think, after Nash. Just to mark Price. Um, yeah. And and he was a competent defender. He was just a all around great player. The only the only reason why I don't have him higher is purely because he was never the best player on a good team for an extended period of time. 
Exactly. He was the best he, player he in the finals those... in the finals, but he wasn't the best player for an entire season kind of thing. He's almost similar to Harden because people forget about Ray Allen, you know. Also, here's the thing. Ray Allen is kind of rebranded as a traitor in the last years. You know, we had that he, he's still having that big feud with Rondo and the, yep. the Celtics guys still hate him and all that stuff. And he was he was kind of a, you know, people people didn't want the Heat to beat the Spurs that year. I feel like a lot of people actually my age still harbor a tiny bit of like subliminal resentment towards Ray Allen because he was the man who made that shot. And yeah. and the funny thing is, I mean, yeah, he was people people do forget that, that, that Allen, KG, and Pierce teaming up. And I have Pierce. Uh, do you have Pierce tier six? I do. I have Pierce tier five because I I do think Pierce was just the best player on a finals team. I do give, despite Ray Allen po- like possibly outplaying him in that finals, I do think Pierce was a bit better at the time and meant he meant more to well, that it franchise. Was, it it was meant. Paul Pierce's team. Exactly. Exactly. And for me, and, and, and Allen's almost similar to, to, to James Harden uh, in, a, in a bit because of the sliding doors moment, because I was going to say, people forget. Also, after this is after... He got game. One of my one of my favorite sports movie of all time, and I hate sports movies for the most part. I know them. I get. I know he got game. Gets some shit, but Coney Allen, Spike Lee, Rosario Dawson looking incredible in 1998. You can't go wrong. Anyway, after you know he he came into the league with, with a lot of you know from UConn, a lot of a lot of to a lot of Herald. You know he was mm-hmm. people forget about his Bucks tenure. Is what I was gonna say. People oh, forget was, like yeah, the that Bucks team was was a moment away, essentially, from almost making a finals. Mm-hmm. Like, like that Bucks team was a lot of fun with, you know, uh, with Michael Red, and he had, he had a few, he had a few years that, in, in that time before he went to, he went to Seattle to join up with Jerome James and Robert Swift for a few years, but, um, shit, yeah, he was, one thing I do, I do harbor a tiny, also a bit of resentment against Ray Allen, because supposedly he wasn't, like, a great teammate. During some of the Seattle years, but I don't know, maybe mm-hmm. his matter was raining all the time or something. Whatever. I mean, yeah, he was—he's actually was an incredible player on those um, on those Seattle teams, on those uh, uh, what, what am I saying? On, on Bucks. the Bucks teams, he, and he was an incredibly athletic guy. I mean, he was in a dunk contest. Also, just long, longevity, consistency sure. over time, like aged so yeah, well. I mean, Ten All Star games speaks for itself. I mean, yeah, I mean, those those uh, those Bucks teams and the Seattle teams really weren't great. A big reason of that was more so the rosters around him. Uh-huh. I mean, for instance, in in two thousand and two, he was on the Bucks. His second leading scorer was Glenn Robinson. Ah, big dog. Yeah, and and, and ever ever, I love I love big dog, but I mean, come on. Oh, I'm looking up the the that 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 Bucks roster right now. Oh, so they've got. Anthony Mason yeah, year, and Greg Anthony, the ex Knicks. Yeah, I mean uh, the year the year before that, the year before that, I mean Lindsey Hunter was a big part of the team. Irvin Johnson is, you know, decent. My man Rayford Austin from Harlem, my man. Um, they had Sam Cassell, Irvin Johnson, the other Irvin Johnson, uh, Joel Persbilla, and Tim Thomas. In addition to Michael Red and Glenn Robinson, ooh, that's a <laughs> that's yeah an interesting roster. It's not a shocker they only won 41 games that year. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, shout out to Sam Cassell for playing with both Ray Allen individually, Garnett individually, and then coming back to the Celtics and playing with them both. Holy shit, that did happen. 
wow, that did happen. Damn. Kind of funny. Good for Sam Cassell. But yeah, I mean, Ray Allen was around for a while, kind of at a point where we forget how good he was in his, in his prime, but great player. Yeah. Paul Pierce. Um, uh, Paul Pierce ha- is a terrible analyst. Oh, boy. And After this week? Jeez. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh my and God. Paul Pierce is such a bad analyst that it started diminishing his career. I so, feel like this is, this is the bad analyst tier right now. We have Clyde Frazier, who I don't think is good. I know I'm in the minority here. I don't think just because he said, oh, he's Bobby Portis is prancing and dancing on the way to the – just because just Clyde Frazier rhymes stuff doesn't mean that, like, he's – Oh, he's fun. What you want to get like fucking Eminem is like the Knicks commentator? Like, well, like what are we doing over here? <laughs> anyway, Clyde doesn't need to do anything. He's got Mike Breen there. Well, that that's that's a good ass point. The greatest of all time in that in that category. Also, in this for me in this in this terrible announcing tier, Reggie Miller. Oh my god. Oh, yeah. Someone I always say this. How is he terrible in announcing? I don't understand it. Oh, he's terrible. I don't understand it. He's he was fun in the Jordan doc. He no, but he's terrible at announcing. No, he's not worse than Chris Webber, though. But that's oh no, it's a story for another he, day. Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, I also I also have Clyde Drexler. Um, he's a guy who has become pretty underrated. Uh, he won two championships as the second best player. Um, I think that we I think we talked about this when I had when I did we? T- talked we did. about we did. Clyde Drexler did. in right. five. How he's just gotten just like talk about someone who. He's easily top five people who came off the worst from the Jordan documentary. People For think sure. that he just like completely rolled over in that finals. Like Drexler he was, was good still, in those finals. He, he was still scoring. Like he wasn't. He wasn't awful. Like the probably the top five people who came off the worst in that documentary are number one Scottie Pippen, number two Jerry Krause, number three Clyde Drexler, number four Isaiah Thomas, which I think is bullshit, and number five the pizza business in Salt Lake City. So yeah, so these are these are this is Drexler's. Lie. I think I think Michael Jordan's lying about that. I'm sorry. I don't I don't trust yeah, him. Yeah, I agree. Mm. Um, so these are these are Drexler's uh, point totals in that series. The first game was correct. He was terrible. Five of fourteen for sixteen points. The next game, twenty six. He had twenty six, seven, and eight. The next game, thirty two, eight, and nine. The next game, twenty one, eight, and nine. The next game. Uh, 30, 10, and 3. And then after that, he had 24, 8, and 2. He didn't really... He didn't roll over by any means. Mm-hmm. Now, the next year, he wasn't great. But... And you can say that was was championship hangover, whatever. But I think the notion that Jordan bullied him to the point where he was invisible mm-hmm. is total BS. I agree. That Jordan doc was so clearly like Michael Jordan's documentary. It was so we, biased. He just it's had to look incredible. everything through his eyes. And I enjoyed the documentary. I thought it was fun. Yeah, me too, yeah. I, I look but, forward to it every, every week. I'm sad that it's, it, it, it's gone now. For sure. But to call it The Last Dance and not the Michael Jordan documentary is BS. It's a, good, it's, it's, it's a great point. It really it's, it's I, I have nothing else to say. Oh, wh- wh- quick question on Clyde Drexler. Sure. Whose whose hairline was worse, his or Carl Malone? Uh, wrong. Nate Thurmond. <laughs> <laughs> Carl Malone's hairline in the last 
Okay, Carl Malone's hairline is in my top five of who came off the worst from the last day. I love I love how Carl Malone just terrible. turned down. I love how Carl Malone just turned down um being in being in it. He's like, why would I do that? Same thing with Brian Russell. Yeah. Even though his yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I kinda would have liked to see. Well, here's the thing. MJ didn't push off. That's people say push. Actually, I, I was listening to the Bill Simmons podcast, and they talked about this today. I, I, th- I thought they were very right that MJ didn't push off. He kind of like nudged off. Like he wasn't people. I don't. I don't it wasn't a foul. Like the refs shouldn't have called that. But you can't he say off. that he just kind of like <laughs> he just had his hand on like his on his hip. It just let like you can't say he didn't like push a little bit. Like we're looking at the evidence, MJ. Damn. I know it's like it's, it's absurd. <laughs> Let's talk about some of our honorable mentions. Mm-hmm. This is these are my top one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight honorable mentions. Mm-hmm. And then I have a whole list of like forty other people I considered, but these are my top top honorable mentions. Mm-hmm. Elvin Hayes, Dominique Wilkins, Pau Gasol, James Worthy, Adrian Dantley, George Gervin. Dwight Howard, Gary Payton, Carmelo Anthony. That was nine, not eight. I'm sorry. Wait, say is I, I I might have tuned out for one second there. Was Reggie Miller in your honorable mentions? He was not. Whoa, 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 whoa. He was not. Whoa. He what was are we doing not. here? He was not. And I'll <laughs> and I and I will and I will tell you why. Reggie it, Miller, okay, I will I will agree with you. I'm gonna I'm about to I'm about to be like you know what I'm saying the dude in in uh in Eight Mile real quick. I'm, I might I think I might be telling you li- your line before you say it real quick because I absolutely agree that Reggie Miller is the most overrated star slash superstar of all time. Yep, I absolutely agree with that. But what were you gonna say? Here's why. Number one, he never made an All NBA team above third team. Mm-hmm. Number two, he averaged 18 points a game for his career. Okay. It's not even like it's not even like he was a high level scorer. His his highest in the season was was 25, but if you take away that season, his highest is 21. Okay. Um. He also never was never was an All NBA defender. Never was never never made anything higher than All NBA third. Was never a MVP runner-up or anything. He never, w- never was anything close to DPOY. Uh, he just, he was a, he was a very good player, but to put him on the level of guys that win MVPs, that were the best players on championship teams, he thought he was that level. But I mean, mm-hmm. I don't even, I don't even have, I don't even have like, like for instance, are you going to tell me that Reggie Miller had a better career? accomplishments than Dwight Howard? Yes. I mean, Dwight Howard won yes. three, or well, four, who, three or four defensive player of the year. He was the well, best who, player on a championship team. Yes, yes, but who the fuck cares? It's Dwight Howard. But you, but you get what I mean? I understand. No, actually, here's the thing, but I understand. I completely agree with everything you said, and just and don't fucking care, because it's Reggie Miller. Iconic. Okay. What a legend. What a, one of the greatest, one of the greater shooters of all time. I can't call him one of the greatest because his percentage isn't actually that good. And he no. didn't, <laughs> he, he didn't take that many threes, even though he obviously would have just been slinging them away nowadays. But here's the thing. In an era where that, that was not, not filled with big ass stars from 
from Ewing to Shaq to, to, to you know, you, you know what's the names. It was the fucking 90s. R- Reggie Miller's Pacers were really, really, really good. And For sure. don't, don't get me wrong, a great supporting cast was around him. Mm-hmm. Mark Jackson. Rick Smith. Jalen Rose for the and there there were two yeah there were there were two chapters there was first the the first the the, the there was a Spike Lee Knicks chapter and then there was the Lakers almost and then like the full Larry Johnson four point play Rick Smith chapter. unbelievably underrated very underrated you got guys like uh, Dale Davis and Antonio Davis who are mm-hmm, underrated for sure um I, I forget who was who was the small forward back then but um also someone like even like Haywood Workman it was uh, like he was, was good. it Chuck yeah, it was Chuck Person. It was Chuck Person. That was a, it, those were really good teams. And Reggie Miller's Pacers from like 93 to 2001 were consistently in the mix of teams that could make the NBA Finals. And even like, here's the thing. If Larry Johnson's four-point play doesn't happen in 99, you could absolutely make a case that that NBA Finals goes at least six games, and the Pacers actually, I, I think the Pacers had a way better chance of winning than the Knicks did in the 1999 Finals over, yep. over the Spurs. And I don't want to say, I'm not, I don't want to say the Pacers got robbed, but like, I don't no, know. No, but it, but it wasn't a foul. It, it, <laughs> <laughs> we'll just come out and say that. Exactly. Anyway, anyway, um, uh, despite Larry Johnson's awesome celebrations, I love the L celebration. It was great. For sure. Anyway. Talk about a, uh, someone. Talk about the greatest, all the greatest irrational confidence guy of all time. There's never he been is, a better one. He's what oh. Dion Waiters thinks he is. <laughs> he's what Swaggy P thinks he is, which is Dion Waiters, but he's not as good as Dion Waiters, which is what Dion Waiters thinks he is, which is <laughs> a Reggie Miller. Anyway, um, so man, talk about and, and talk about someone who I actually think came off really well in the Last Dance. Despite just blatantly shoving Michael Jordan, which I was really happy when that happened. I was oh, like, yes, yeah, Reggie, yeah. yes. Um, make, make, talk about, it, it, it's someone who actually wasn't technically that clutch, but someone who wanted the moment, who was great in, in certain big moments, and, and someone with just iconic stretches and moments to his career. It just doesn't feel right that... Someone with the with the eight points at MSG and all all the different things that he did, and he was the and, and on those Pacers teams, he was the heart and soul. Like mm-hmm. he was the guy the players looked to, despite only averaging like even I know you said like eighteen is like his career average. I think he was averaging like maybe like twenty one, twenty two a game for a lot of those years. But he was someone the players looked to. In in your foxhole, you wanted him, and he actually had a real chance at. Winning a title in a third version of the Pacers in in 2004-2005 when, you know, that, that team was really good and lost to the Pistons when the Pistons won the finals. And then mm-hmm. the malice at the Palace happened. And the Pacers, you could, you could really make the case, were the most talented you, team that year, period. If you take Reggie Miller and put him in today's NBA, he's significantly better. Yes. Um, cause he was a great three point shooter and someone that shot a very good percentage from three point two. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was, he was almost a 50, 40, 90 career guy, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I just don't think he accomplished enough to put over some names. And another name I didn't have on the list, another name that I had in my honorable mentions, who I think was better than him is Dominique Wilkins. Well, that's actually, 
moves perfectly into my in the into the conversation for my final spots of tier six. Okay, let's hear it. So we've got we already talked about James Harden, Dominique Wilkins, nine All Star games, averaged twenty seven to thirty points a game in his sleep. He How was mellow before mellow. We'll we'll get to him in a second. I agree. Pau Gasol, Nate Archibald, mm-hmm. Russell Westbrook. I mean, at the end of the day, man, talk about him chasing stats. MVP, nine All-Star games, average a triple double three years in a row. Like it's you can talk about him chasing stats, whatever. But talk about a player that like we will never see that we have not seen before. We might not. I wouldn't be shocked if we never see him again. I mean, it, it, it's fucking Russell Westbrook, For Sam sure. Jones. Yes. Who will absolutely be in our role player Hall of Fame? Oh hell yeah! You know what? Give me give me three minutes on Sam Jones when you're done with this. Perfect. Because you'll you have to give me three minutes on someone real quick. Okay. Yao Ming, one of my favorite For players sure. of all time. For sure, and and, and, and a total impact uh, league impact guy. Absolutely, and an abs in a, in a total uh, you know when we do our international Hall of Fame, and mm-hmm. I had to leave him in four titles. Second best player, you could say, on four title teams. No, actually, three title teams. Tony Parker. So, yes, Will, what do you want? I, Sam Jones, I'm here for it. I'm here for All it. All right. Should you, should, <laughs> so, I need, I need a few minutes on Sam Jones. I didn't even have him in my, in my honorable mentions, but I love Sam Jones. <laughs> I have watched an obscene amount of uh, 50s, 60s basketball recently because what else am I going to do? <laughs> and I will unequivocally say that when you watch those Celtics teams, Sam Jones, as someone that just like watches games here and there, there are times where I think Sam Jones is the best player in the league. <laughs> like, I am convinced that you could put Sam Jones in the NBA today and he'd average at least like 12 points a game. And that's not even including like the whole. Well, like, if he was born today, he'd have modern training, he'd be good. In that case, he'd be obviously much better. But I'm convinced that 1960s Sam Jones would be able to score, like, 15 points a game. (laughs) His jump shot looks pure. He's great at getting himself onto the block. He had a nice little fadeaway. And and, and a lot of the problem is is because back then, people had no idea how to shoot a basketball yet. And he he looked good. I mean, there was a reason why people... Yeah, exactly. Exactly. There was a reason why Bob Cousy was one of the best players in the league, but he shot like 38%. Sam Jones was a guard shooting like 47%. Mm-hmm. I mean, he averaged, he averaged, like, he had a stretch here 20, sorry, sorry, 18, 20, 19, 26, 23, 22, 22 points a game. He won 10 championships. He made five all star games. He was just, I will, I love Sam Jones. I think he is criminally underrated. He was so beyond clutch, especially in the playoffs. You look at his playoff numbers, and his stats went way up. I'm going to read some of his playoff numbers here. 21 points a game, 24, 23, 29, 25, 28, 22. This dude raised his games, when it raised, raised the level of his play when it mattered most. He could play a lot of minutes. He shot a high percentage. I cannot say enough good things about Sam Jones. Fucking bingo to all that stuff. Those are exactly the type of traits... We reward. That's why I have Willis Reed so high in my exactly. in my tiers. That's the type of shit we we reward in the scores table. Hall oh, by the that's way, why by we the made way. this. That's the type of shit why we made this shit in the first place. By the way, he was a sh- he was a shooting guard with Bill Russell on his team, 
And he was still grabbing like five rebounds a game. Yeah, he was all around player, and he also also averaged uh, almost eighteen a game. Like still, that's that's, career, that's yeah. not that's not a fucking slouch. He was on the on the fiftieth anniversary team, um, and 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 you know what? Honestly, well, you you're almost like helping me talk myself into putting Sam Jones is you like my final spot. You know what? I'm I'm we're we're making we're making we're making an executive change. I'm kicking Wilt Chamberlain off my list, and I'm putting <laughs> Sam Jones. Sam Jones, welcome to tier two. <laughs> oh, man, shit. Sam Jones, what a fucking guy. Also, one last thing. Who actually, he actually lost some of his prime because he had to go to the army. Um, And in, in when you talk about guys who, you know, you wanted in the foxhole, guys who were complimentary about as far as former teammates, nobody has anything bad to say about Sam Jones. Nobody does. Like you said, a, a clutch player. Just yeah. so, so, so clutch, man. And, honestly. And, and he could actually shoot from deep. I mean, he 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 had a he had a nice, like, deep mid-range shot. And you have to assume that, like, with modern training, he'd probably be able to extend it, like, three more feet. Fuck it. I'm going Sam Jones is my Hell final yeah. spot for tier six. He's going to be – it's gonna. he's probably going to get nudged off next year when James Harden makes, like, one more season to, yep. to knock him out. But you know what? I'm happy to have Sam Jones in my role player Hall of Fame. Welcome. In the role in our role player Hall of Fame and the, the 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 past people who have been in our top 50. So Sam Jones, welcome to tier 6. It's great Hell to have. Yeah. Also, one last do you yeah. have a cuz I remember you were talking about Tony Parker when we um yep. We were talking about like guys we were thinking about for tier 6. Did you have him in your honorable mentions or because I'll actually I, let me let me I go have, right now. Yes. Actually, sorry. Let me. Did I know? Let me go right now into my honorable mentions because okay. I had because they because my honorable mentions now that I have Sam Jones in tier six they're gonna be the rest of my guys for the final spots and Carmelo, racist Rick Barry, Pistol Pete, wow. Dikembe, hmm. Bob Lanier, Paul Arizin, and okay. Tracy McGrady. Okay, so I have a few questions. Mm-hmm. Why Dikembe, but not someone like Dennis Rodman? It's a good question. It's a it's a really good question. Honestly, no, I forgot Dennis. Dennis is there. I act, I actually forgot. I actually, I I don't have an excuse. Okay. I did forget. I did forget. Um, like like Rodman's someone tough because obviously a ton of titles and 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 whatnot and. I mean, I don't think we have to talk about Robin just because of how much talk there has been yeah. deservedly about him in the last like few weeks because of this awesome documentary and one of the biggest winners of the whole documentary, Carmen Electra, looking good. <laughs> wow, man, I forgot about her. Um, <laughs> she was enjoying her screen time. Yeah, she was doing a fucking thing. Shouts to Carmen Electra. Um, but to Carmen Electra was-, was married to Dennis Rodman and Dave Navarro. The fuck was Dave Navarro? Google a picture of Dave Navarro. If anyone doesn't know who Dave Navarro is, go Google a picture of Dave Navarro, and she's got a type. Dave Navarro. Who? Whoa. <laughs> yeah, she's got a type. That's <laughs> a fact. She'd be like with Lil Uzi Vert or something. That was Honestly. it. God damn. Okay. Um. So one thing, actually, I I did have Dikembe in there just because he was the one of the he was one of the greatest defensive players we've ever seen. Like, even though eight all-star games isn't, like, awesome, like, four, four defensive player of the years, possibly, you could arguably, if, if not the 
one of the greatest shot blockers of all time, someone who could alter a series in the playoffs just with his presence. I mean, prime Dikembe, before, before he was like perennially decrepit, like zombie Dikembe was in the NBA from like 2002 to like, for like eight more years. Like Dikembe was in the NBA for like eight years later than he needed to be. But, um, but when in his prime, I mean, what an, what an, what an awesome defensive player. I feel like I just had to give him a little shout, shout out, but, but yeah, yeah. what were you going to say about Tony Parker? Cause I think I cut you off real quick. Yeah. I mean, Tony Parker was an incredible player and he, <coughs> he, he had got a finals MVP. He won um he he won a bunch of championships he made a bunch of all-star teams but the, my reason for not having tony parker on this list is because he was never someone who could have led his own team that's a fact and could, and i have westbrook on this list could westbrook lead his own team probably not but at least he put up some stats and got an mvp I just, my thing with Tony Parker is I feel like he gets punished because he was so much a part of that Spurs system. And is it fair? No, but it's the same reason why I don't have Ginobili. Mm-hmm. No, I, I agree. I agree. I know, I know, I think with our role player Hall of Fame, are we going to do like third best player on a title team? Is that Yeah, like, yeah. Oh. Well, we, we can have a wing on that because Tony Parker definitely makes that one. Absolutely. And one thing I wanted to say why Tony Parker isn't in my tier six real quick is... Because of his rapping career, oh my God, guys! I gotta let me read you these lyrics real quick. This is from Premier Love. This is the this is the English translation to Premier Love. I don't know. I'm gonna. I don't know if I can. Uh, Will you hear that? Oh God, am I gonna want to cut this part out of the podcast? <laughs> you better not cut this shit out. Oh man, Premier Love feet Rickwell. He's in, he's in front of the Eiffel Tower. Guys, you can watch the music video on YouTube. 170,000 views. That's uh, it? Wait. Come on, Tony Parker, start, start freaking rapping already. Uh. <laughs> okay, we're done. We're done. We're done. We're done. He's, he's, off, he's off my honorable mention to the honorable mention. Wait, let me, let, me, let me read the lyrics real quick. This is the English translation. You know yourself. You were a kid. You were my first love, even before basketball. My first title, always together in the era. We were toasted, one and the other. We were young. We were crazy. Whose fault was it? I'm not going to read the rest of that verse. That shit is ass. Dumpster That's juice. Rough. Tony Parker, you're terrible at rapping. That's rough. Anyway, he had, a, he had a great run. He had a great year. Uh, you better not cut this shit out of the podcast. You better not. <laughs> we'll, we'll look at the timing at the end, but I, I, I'll, I'll, I might leave it. Well, okay, another guy I want to talk about, George Gervin. Yes, the Iceman. The Iceman, one of the best scorers in NBA history. Uh, played, some, played some years in the ABA, but was still really good in the NBA. Uh, led the league in scoring four times, 27 points a game, 30 points a game, 33, 32 points a game in those seasons. Uh, truly just an all-around well-ahead-of-his-time guy. Very smooth, could get to the rim, use either hand. Um, incredible player, just didn't have a lot of, a lot of, have a, sorry, excuse me, he didn't have a lot of team success. And I unfortunately have to dock him for that. Is it really his fault? No, but. 
No, I understand that completely, especially, you know, I mean, his, his, his greatest days were not in the NBA. I don't believe, you know, with, with, the, with the Spurs before they was – that, was that before the merger? I don't actually remember. He – okay, so he played, um, he played two seasons with the Virginia Squires. Mm-hmm. And then he was traded to the Spurs and played there for one, two, three years in the ABA. Okay. Okay, so like, so Gervin, I feel a little bit bad about not having Gervin because I have David Thompson and George Gervin famously yeah, that's criminal. For, the, for the for the scoring title in that one year. But David Thompson was a true innovator. There have been other players like George Gervin before. He he, he was a questionable teammate. If, if you if you go back and and, and and look at you know what what his uh what his companions and compatriots had to say about him, um and he he didn't actually even really come up clutch that much so i just no. really i feel actually i might dock george gervin from tier six like i actually don't feel great about it i mean nine all-star games and the legend of him and the influence of him is i would say bigger than the player he actually was that's it that sounds cool but like i feel i feel like that's a fact okay um yeah so so if you so do we want to talk about any more honor mention guys? Or do we want to start talking about some of the current guys we think could make it one day? Honestly, we might want to save the current guys for another pod just because, like, I'm, I kind of want to talk about Dominique Wilkins. All right, sure, sure. So we'll, we'll save those for another podcast. Mm. Also, we'll talk about not... Dominique Wilkins. Yes, yes. That, that, that way we don't have to rush my uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. rant. <laughs> or cut out my Tony Parker rapping part. <laughs> Oh, all this was just so we can hear some rap. Got it. <laughs> all right, so let's, let's let's talk about Dominique Wilkins. Yes. Do you want to go first? After you. Go ahead. Okay. Nine All-Star games, 27 to 30 points a game in his prime. And, and, Dominique is, and Dominique is a confusing guy because I don't feel good. Like, one thing I've been talking about on previous podcasts with, with, this, with this Hall of Fame is that, like, how would I feel going to sleep at night knowing so-and-so is in, in the Hall of Fame? Dominique How would you Wilkins. go to sleep at night knowing Dominique Wilkins is not, but David Thompson is? I'm going to sleep at night remembering David Thompson's peak years. That's what I'm doing. Um, peak years? <laughs> yes. And how everybody <laughs> after him, uh, you know what I'm saying? He's, he's the rock him. He's the, he's the rock him of the NBA. Anyway, he had, okay, uh, yeah, 25 to 7 to 27 points in his prime. Okay, Dominique, technically a better scorer than him, but... This is someone that, you know, you, you do your research and this is not – oh, yeah, another reason we, we got to save current players for the next episode. Well, we haven't talked about Adrian Dantley yet, and he, he comes oh, perfectly, I he comes totally perfectly after Dominique Wilkins. So, oh, so Dominique, for, as you guys know, he could, he could sleepwalk to 30 a game. I mean he was kind of washed up on the Celtics. In the early 90s, which is a stretch that I actually didn't really know existed until I yep. looked back. I mean – and in, 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 you know, with the Clippers and whatnot, like, Dominique is someone who I don't know if he ever, like, truly achieved his talent. A lot of people point to, obviously, he was in a league with, I mean, with fucking Larry Bird in his conference. Like, it mm-hmm. wasn't exactly easy to get to the finals. And then after that, he had Isaiah and the Pistons. So he had to, he had to get through. He, he was faced with two juggernauts, and his team around him wasn't. It, it it wasn't awesome. I mean, he had he had some fun guys like you know Antoine Carr and Kevin Willis, who was was really good in his prime. Um, but like he didn't he didn't have the greatest team around him. But I 
I, I don't think that he ever reached his potential, and it's a career that's remembered more for his special moments than it is for I think for for anything else. Like I don't know if that makes sense. I mean, his let's let's be honest. We're known because he's he's the fucking human highlight film. That's why yep. that's why he's here. But he was on unfortunately on defense. He was the human low light film. So will. It's, it's, I, I want to hear what you think because you because you were compl- you were spot on with your Carmelo comparison. Yeah, Carmelo's actually got ten All Star games. He's above Dominique in consistency, longevity, and that. So I want I want to hear what you thought. So let me clarify my Carmelo thing. I don't mean play style. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not talking about play style. When I say Carmelo, I mean, and I think you know, I meant this. Uh, yeah, I meant I meant uh, I meant like who they were in their time. Mm-hmm. Dominique Wilkins was a fantastic scorer. He was one of the best scorers of his time. He could, he could, he could drive as well as anyone. He had a great mid-range shot. He had a nice little pull-up shot. Him and him and Larry Bird had some great scoring battles. Mm-hmm. The thing with Dominique Wilkins, and the reason why I couldn't put him on my list, is because he could never get over the hump. Um, did he even make a finals? I don't no, think. he didn't. No. Uh, no. So. So I'm not someone that's that like holds finals records against someone. Like I think like the idea that like, oh like LeBron is is worse than Jordan purely because he lost he's lost in the finals six times or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So it's like why is losing in the finals worse to people than losing in the conference finals? Mm-hmm. Like like I don't understand that. So I don't I don't hold that against people. Mm-hmm. Uh, like like why do we praise Jordan for for losing in the first round, but then we get mad at LeBron for losing in the finals? Mm-hmm. So so yeah, but that that's that's a separate thing. Um, Dominic Wilkins again, fantastic player. Just he could never get over the hump. And he, if you look at his stats, even he even has the uh, career accomplishments. I mean, he he made an All NBA first team. He made four second teams. He made two third teams. He led the league in scoring. He was a fantastic player, but like you said, he wasn't a great defender. He wasn't someone who was uh, who could get his teammates involved. His career high in assists was three a game. He did not make his teammates better at all. That's no, a fact. He no. did not. It was Dominique Wilkins was someone who was there to score. Anything mm-hmm. else you got from him was a bonus. Uh, so I don't know. I just I couldn't put him on, and he was again. He was a great player. He is. I mean, his his game against Larry Bird, where I think Bird scores like forty five and Wilkins scores fifty two or something, but the Celtics still win. Mm-hmm. That's who Dominique was. Great score, but just couldn't get over the hump. And the biggest hump for him was Larry Bird. And shit, like going going right off that. That's exactly what Carmelo is. That's I'm sorry. Nice. Carmelo is like, and yeah. I'm not gonna say I'm sorry. I love Carmelo. He's he's one of uh, Carmelo was my favorite player from his Nuggets tenure through his like through his through his game at Madison Square Garden, which I was lucky enough to witness in person because that was my man. Like I always had to see Melo. Like I like I loved him in his game. You know, just the yeah. fact that he could. It, it, it's it's kind of weird saying that I love Melo's game, but like. The fact that Melo has all this time, he literally has like three moves. But when his like jab step and step back and fade away are working, like it's just he he just puts on an absolute clinic. And it's been great, you know, to see after his rough his rough end with to his Knicks tenure and his bad Thunder year and his bad Rockets 
year. That was even a year for like 10 games. Um, it's been great to see him do his thing on the Blazers this year. He won a, he won a scoring title in mm-hmm. 2013, 10 times all-star. I said two times all-NBA second team, and he's someone that will actually be in our for, – for our international Hall of Famer, are we doing like, like U.S. international play too? Well, that would be a look back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what I mean, Olympic. Because that's Carmelo's got that oh, on his sure. resume. He's sure. also going to be in our college Hall of Fame with mm-hmm. uh, with winning. You know, he won Outstanding Player, Final Four, won the championship with yep. uh, with uh, Syracuse. But he never made his teammates better. And as fun as the Knicks years are to watch, actually, in retrospect, like because that was only like you think about it, his apex at the Knicks was literally like two years. It was the Jeremy Lin year, and then it was the it was three the years. Fi- it was the 54 win year where they lost to the Pacers yes. in the second round. And then the 60 point year. Yep. This was his three year apex with the Knicks. And he didn't have the greatest amount of teammates around him at that time. I mean, he had, he, the Knicks just brought in like four different decrepit point guards, like Baron Davis. And Jason Kidd wasn't completely decrepit. He could hit jump shots. But like Mike Bibby, they put in, they put Mike in. Bibby Mike Bibby would be better today than that. I, like, I really like Mike Bibby. He was good. Oh, that's a fact. That Mike Bibby looks like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like he's, yeah. his body is absurd. He's so he's absurd. So, but anyway. So want, oh yeah. yeah. Oh sorry. Yeah, but but uh, just getting back to what you know about running into someone. He even when he, you know AI was with him, they ran into Kobe just time and time and time and time and again, and Kobe just you know. Yeah. Kobe did his thing. He yeah. wasn't he wasn't phased. And same thing with LeBron in the Eastern Conference. Yeah. So yes, Will, what were you gonna say? So I want to talk about Dominique Wilkins because we were taught and one thing in particular because we said I said that his hump that he couldn't get over was Larry Bird. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I need a quick Larry Bird rant. Oh yes, please, please, Will. I'm all with you on Larry Bird. I'm completely. With I you. am sick and tired of the disrespect that the media gives to Larry Bird and how there are questions about. Would Larry Bird like be good today? Like, like, what, could he even make a roster today? Like, because, and it's ridiculous. I mean, I'm seeing people say, say that 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 it, he wouldn't even be on rosters today, and that Kevin Durant is a better player than him. I, I don't even know where to start with this. So I'm just gonna go right in. Good, Larry Bird. The, the, this, this whole notion that Larry Bird wouldn't be able to survive in today's NBA is absolutely ludicrous. Larry Bird is someone who was a good defender back in his day. By the way, he made three all-defensive teams. Mm-hmm. So he could, def- if, if, he could definitely still be serviceable, at least today, on defense. Mm-hmm. But he was someone that could shoot from anywhere on the court and if you watch some old games, I, I recently watched the uh, the full game where it was um, the Celtics versus the Bulls. It was that game where they were talking about in the last dance where Jordan scores like 60 points or something in the playoffs or whatever it oh, was. Oh, yeah, and the Celtics still won. Yeah, so I watched that game. Larry Bird had three or four like curry range three-pointers. Uh-huh. Like he was incredible. And to say that he couldn't survive with the athleticism of today's league or whatever, first, I'm going to name some few names. Bogdanovich averages 21 points a game this year. Uh-huh. Luka Doncic scored like 29 points a game or something. Uh-huh. And Larry Bird is miles better than both of those guys. Uh-huh. I'm going to, I'm actually going to say that Larry Bird would be better in today's NBA. Whoa! <laughs> I love this zag. I love this. And the reason is, 
is Larry Bird was never someone that relied on athleticism in the first place. Larry Bird today would, would do the same thing that Larry Bird did back in the day, but with more three-pointers. He wasn't. He was a fantastic passer. He's one of the best passing forwards of all time, and mm-hmm. he'd be someone that you, he he would be similar to Luka Doncic. You would you would play him as kind of like a point forward. You'd run your offense through him. He would take he would take twelve threes a game, and and when he wasn't doing that, he'd kind of he'd kind of play you on the high post, and then out of there, either either post you up or or dish to a teammate. He'd be significant he'd be just the same this this whole notion of of he couldn't survive is ridiculous no i couldn't agree more people need to people need to do the fucking research i mean larry bird also 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 today like people don't don't think that larry bird was just some like soft white guy from indiana who's gonna get fucking punked like oh larry bird, larry bird was, was, was mixing it up he was mixing it up back in the 80s one of the one of the greatest nba brawlers of all time for Throwing sure. basketballs at Bill Lambeer and, and punching people. Oh man, Larry Bird was was great with physicality and brawls and stuff like that. And, and like this is something that you know we talked about on on our first episode of of uh, of our Hall of Fame series. Like, not only was was Larry Bird the heart and soul of those teams and 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 just an awesome player in his prime, he was also someone who essentially sacrificed years of his prime a prime yeah. that should have been longer for his team because he was he was talk, one of the all-time like fuck this i'm just gonna play hurt guys i mean yeah I'm sorry, here's the thing i'm not gonna say michael jordan wasn't sick or that he wasn't really sick but here's the thing it, it that doesn't compare to some of the shit larry bird had to go through with his back with his mm-hmm. feet with literally like having to he had to like miss games or something or or, Larry or Bird was he was he couldn't shoot with a hand for an entire series because he punched someone in a yeah. bar. Like what yeah. an all-time great story. Like like that's the thing. Like you can't you can't talk I mean, shit about Bird, Larry Bird like that. He was he was he was about Bird it. Like literally he literally would wear he'd literally have to wear a back brace sometimes in the locker room. Yeah. He was like Lou Gehrig, man. He was he was the pain could not get to him. He was he was playing through it. And yet yeah. he sacrificed kind of like Kevin McHale too. He sacrificed like let's say three like prime years I think yeah. just because of you know lo- load management. You imagine Larry Bird with load management nowadays? And, oh my god, he'd be incredible. Why, and that's why I totally support load management. By the way, yeah, because it's like it's like wh- why does Kawhi? Why do I care if Kawhi Leonard plays a meaningless February game versus Charlotte? Like I would rather have four more years of Kawhi Leonard than have him play. A back-to-back versus Minnesota, mm-hmm. you know? Like, yeah, like, I agree. I care about that. I want the long. I I prefer the longevity. I want more of the guys in our lives, not not less. I don't understand why that's like a bold take. No, I, I completely agree. Oh. And one and one last thing about Larry Legend, who I, who I told Will, you know, he Larry keeps looking more like a bird as he gets older. He has not. <laughs> his, his facially, he has not aged, you know, the best. Um. Though, you know, I'm, I'm happy he's still he's doing fine. his thing in Indiana. Yes. <laughs> um, I would love him as a commentator. I think he'd be a lot of fun. Um, he would be fun. But um, He's too good for that, though. Yeah, that's a fact. I and think he that... He'd be a very good executive. Also, his, like, his coaching record is, is kind of slept on. Like, those for Pacers sure. teams that we were talking about with Reggie, a lot of fun. But one last sure. thing, like... Despite being, you know, if despite being unathletic or whatever, like, whatever you want to say, like, 
clutch is clutch. Larry Bird was fucking clutch. Even mm-hmm. if you're unathletic, if you still get open, you can still make shots. Have the ability to 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 get to get shots off. And Larry Bird was clutch as shit. I've said my piece. That's it. Yeah, I mean Larry Larry Bird, great player. That was kind of a out of nowhere rant. Let's talk about Adrian Dantley. Yeah. <laughs> Julian, take it away. Take it away. I know you've been waiting for this one. I think Will. I think Will. I think you should start. I think you should start. I want. I want to give you the floor okay. first. Yeah. Okay. Um, Adrian Dantley. Uh, I think he's an, an incredibly underrated player who is totally slept on. I'm kidding. So Adrian Dantley. One <laughs> <laughs> of the all time, by the way. One of the all time, like. Let's get this guy out of here. Get someone else in, and then like, oh wow, look at this. This is nice. This is great now. Okay, the yeah. Ewing, not the not the Ewing theory, but like a kind of a version of the Ewing theory, where you're just you you just gotta if you can get this guy out, getting this guy out will get you over the hump. Yes, well, what were you gonna say? So yeah, Dantley, um, Dantley is one of the best scorers of all time. And that's not that's not debatable. I mean, he averaged over 30 points a game for like nine seasons or something. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven seasons. He averaged over 30 points a game. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the best scorers of all time. Uh, great rebounder. He was undersized. He could play in the post. Had a great post up game. But yeah he like you said he just he had issues and he i mean he he played on four teams for the first four years of his career he played on utah for a while and then was then was in detroit and then as soon as detroit traded him then they became better i mean he didn't he didn't get along with isaiah thomas he traded them for mark aguire the team was better after that it wasn't just he the team was better they won a fucking championship <laughs> yeah, yeah. They won a championship. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like, there's one thing that one of the things with Dantley is that, like, I don't, I feel a little bit bad, like, holding against someone, but he got traded multiple times in his prime. Like, there were multiple, there, there were multiple years where Adrian Dantley, in whether Utah, whether Detroit, whether Dallas, like, even Detroit, he was closer to the end of his prime. Like, in, in though he played like. Uh, unfortunately for him, I guess he played eight years with Utah. Like nobody was like, oh, we need to keep Adrian Dantley. Like nobody was. He he was never off the table. I don't think. And and Dantley's game is something you touched on. I mean, he, the guy was like six five playing in the post. Yeah. Like he like like yeah, an absolutely great scorer. For but sure. for the reasons that you know we we're making this Hall of Fame in the first place. I think, you know, I, I just don't think he makes the cut. No. And his prime years are, are damn good. I mean, putting up 30, I mean, 30, he put up like 36 and 5. Like, yeah. it's, it's, it's not bad at all. He wasn't like, it, 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 he was not. Yeah. He's Adrian Dantley. Adrian Dantley belongs in the Devin Booker Hall of Fame of stop looking at stats and look at everything. I completely agree. That's the best way to put it. That's the best way to put it. And and and, and we'll get into next podcast. We'll get into some of the guys we think in the current NBA who have a chance to make it. And mm-hmm. I have four names in particular uh, that I think will end up making it, despite the fact that they shouldn't make it. Mm-hmm. Um. 
so we'll get to that next episode. But spoiler alert, one of them is Devin Booker. <laughs> uh, but Adrian Dantley is kind of in that mold of, you know, you know, you know, he's kind of similar to he's similar to Reggie Theus. Yeah. If, if, if you look at Reggie Theus's stats, you'd think that he's one of the best players of all time. He averaged, he averaged like 20 and nine or something, tw- like 22 and 10 a season. He played for a long time, but he maybe made the playoffs like once. It's similar and, to, yeah, sorry, what were you going to say? Yes, yeah, I mean, yeah, that, that, that's it. It just, with, with Adrian Dantley, you have to account for the fact that every team that he was on was better after he was gone. And I think someone similar to that, um, and someone who, who might make it, who, who really might make the real Basketball Hall of Fame, and who isn't even close to our honorable mentions, just because we got a thin list here, Chris Webber, mm-hmm. who you could, you could arguably say was, no, you couldn't arguably say, he was, despite those Kings teams, let's, let's not forget real quick, those Kings teams were really good. I mean, yeah. talk about a team that I think actually... It's still a lot of fun today, despite, you know, Chris Webber not shooting threes really or anything like that. Like, Vlade, Chris Webber, Mike Bibby, Peja. Mm-hmm. Fucking Joe Peja, sne- sneaky best player on the team, Peja. <laughs> yeah, like, and then there's, uh, you, you got Turkaloo and yep. um, Doug Christie, who was really good back yeah. in the day as, on, as a defender. Um, but Weber is someone who, I mean, look at his career from 19, from 94, 95 with the, with the Washington bullets back then to Philly in 2005, 06, he averaged, except for one year in Sacramento where he averaged 18, he averaged between 20 and 27 points a game. It's great. That's great consistency over that's a, that's a 10 year period where he put up, let's like nine, like nine, 10 rebounds a game. And it, it, it was 20 and 10. That was an automatic 20 and 10 for 10 years. But, man, for anybody who hasn't done it, for anybody who hasn't done it, and I know it's only one game, but Chris Webber against Kevin Garnett in 2004 in Game 7 of that playoffs, Timberwolves, Kings, everything's out on the line to, to try to make, them, to try to make the, the conference finals. Man, Chris Webber shrunk. I'm sorry. Like, I don't know if he, I don't know, maybe it was some – some stain left from the Fab Five thing, but yeah. in big moments like that, he was he was in witness protection for the entire second half of the game. Yep, like it was it was I, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Like he it, he looked terrified. Like Kevin Garnett was just feasting on him, and I think he's a, he's a similar guy. Even though the, that Sacramento team could have could have gone to a finals with maybe some different refing and similar to Danley. Mm-hmm. If, that first Pistons year or, you know, some of those jazz years because, you know, he had, he had Alex English on his team on the jazz. Like those weren't like, wait, was Alex English on the jazz or the nuggets during that time? Alex English nuggets, nuggets, but you know, those jazz teams were not bad at all. Like he had like, like Dantley had, had a chance to really do something at times, but I think similar to Weber, I think they're remembered more for, for what could have been with maybe some certain twists and whatnot. And, you know, maybe some different character or not that Chris Webber's a bad guy. He seems like a perfectly nice guy, but a terrible commentator on TV. Mm-hmm. But like also real quick, Chris Webber, I want to just like shit on Don Nelson for like a few minutes. Like, Oh God. Okay. Chris Webber should have been better than he was. Like he, people didn't know what to do with him when he went into the NBA. Like Chris Webber should have been great. Like I really, 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 
he's a guy he he's a guy that um that he'd be damn fucking good today. He'd be really good today. Yeah, I mean he'd be a guy that you run your offense through and mm-hmm. he could pass, he could he could shoot a little bit. Um but yeah, I mean he's certainly not someone that reached his potential. He would be he would be really good. And um you know it's it's too bad that you know that 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 wasn't able to happen. I, I still I I've actually got a lot a lot of love for Chris Webber by the I mean, way. Chris Webber made an all NBA first team in in a year where or in in an NBA that had like Garnett and Duncan and Shaq mm-hmm. and Chris Webber was first team. I mean also, he was really good. Also by the way that ninety two, uh, that ninety three, ninety four Warriors team that Weber was on, what a fun team this was! Chris Weber, Avery Johnson as the team captain, Chris Mullen, and Latrell Sprewell in addition to Tim Hardaway. That's a fun team! Wow, damn. Yeah. I feel, I feel as, and guess who was the assistant coach? Greg Popovich. Coach? Oh wow. Yes. Whoa, I, I know. Jesus Christ, that's I'm looking crazy. at the roster right now. I'm going crazy. Anyway, that's we, we, we spend way too much time on yeah. Chris Webber. Jesus Christ. All right, all right, yeah. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's that, that pretty much concludes our honorable mentions and tiers. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, next next pod, we'll kind of get into some of the current guys. We'll break it down based on who's, who's most likely to make our pyramid versus the actual NBA Hall of Fame. Uh-huh. Um, does Lonzo have a chance to be in there? <laughs> And is and is it too soon to put Jason Tatum in tier two? These are some of the questions we're going to be discussing next podcast. <laughs> Best player on a top four team in the league. Yeah, yeah, it's a fact. This is a fact. This is an indisputable fact. Uh, he also crossed up Paul George, leading to a three pointer. That, that, that's some hard shit to do, honestly. You can, I mean, I, I'm looking at the stats. I doesn't look like Jordan ever did that. <laughs> Jordan never crossed up Paul George leading to a three-pointer. <laughs> I'm, and, I, and I'm not keeping score, but these are some pretty obvious things. That's a fact, shit. Fuck out of here. Fuck out of here, Jordan. <laughs> acting like you're, you're fucking last dance and whatnot. Whatever. <laughs> When Tatum was dancing on George. Anyway, Woo! anyway, we're going to wrap up there. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Hall of Fame Pyramid Scores Table. We appreciate you guys supporting. Uh, if you enjoyed, subscribe to the subscribe to the show. Leave a five star rating review. We appreciate it, and we'll uh, we'll see you guys later for the current players that will make it, as well as the next few parts of our Hall of Fame. See you guys. <laughs>